Okay, guys, get ready. We're just seconds away. Oh, there's gonna be something. You saved us, Homer. I can't wait. I'm gonna steal God's secrets and sell them to Satan. Six, five, four. I'm so proud of you, homie. Two, one! Goodbye, stupid Earth! There appears to be some delay! Huh? My watch must be running fast. Wait for it. 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 Ha ha! Life goes on! Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount, the podcast where we will certainly be left below. This week we are here to review episode GABF14. It is Thank God It's Doomsday. I'm Dando. I'm Guy. That was meant to be re- uh, very religious sounding. I hope it was. Yeah, I got uh, the. I, meant, <laughs> I guess it was the hand actions that the listeners at home can't can't see, of course. But it was the. No, my Hosanna hands. You are very holy. I will say that. <laughs> That's good news. That's good news. How are we doing, Mister Dando? You all right at your end? We're getting closer and closer to Christmas time, so it's always a, a fun time here in the Dando household. Elliot is really embracing Christmas this year. I'm actually going to be as we record this. I'm going to be taking him either tonight or tomorrow night to see uh, Christmas lights. He's really he, lo- he just loves the idea of Christmas lights. He's very Kevin McAllister. Loves the Christmas tree. Loves the Christmas lights. So I'm going to take him out to uh, to see those once the sun starts to go down tonight. <laughs> also, also a budding psychopath like Kevin McAllister. Yeah, <laughs> can't, can't wait to start sitting booby traps. Well, he's actually just started watching Home Alone, and he is obsessed with them. He loves Home Alone films. Loves them. Oh, I don't think I'm. I'm sure I would have seen Lost in New York. But there's like six of them now, aren't there? I, I yeah, mean, but, you, but only a few. Only the first two have Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, Elliot watched the number three yesterday, and I'd never, I never. I think I remember watching it when it first came out, and me going, "This isn't Home Alone." And so I rewatched it yesterday for the first time in what twenty five years with Elliot, and it's dog shit. He thought it was hilarious because it's just slapstick kids comedy, but yeah. the story and the acting is just absolutely horrific. It just doesn't have the substance that the first two have. But I, you haven't seen Home Alone one or two. No, I've seen the I've seen the first two. I mean, I've seen I've, First Time yeah. Alone a few times. I think just you know, saw it once at the cinema, and then you know, just by virtue of it being everywhere, you sort of catch up. But I don't think I ever really. I, I'm pretty sure I saw Lost in New York at least once, but it's not one that I've really gone back to. And but yeah, you just hear occasions like yeah, they're up to like the sixth Home Alone movie. All you know, they they drag out some. Oh, drag out. But they find some, you know, fresh-faced little kid. It's like, he'll he'll give us some of that Macaulay Culkin magic. And it's like, he doesn't really. No, no. no. Mac was one of a kind. So, uh, so I'm a big Home Alone fan, and it sort of says something when the fact that I didn't know there was a four, five, and six. So it goes to show that those films couldn't have been too good. And, like, they released it as, on Disney Plus as, like, an exclusive last year, number six, and I hadn't even looked at it. I didn't even know it existed. So I can't say that the... um. I, looked, I did look at... It's um, scorn Rotten Tomatoes, and it was sixteen percent. So, I'm not oh. sure that that movie's going to be any good or not. But um, but yeah. So, Home Alone Two is my favorite of the Home Alone series by far. I love it uh, way more than the first one. I know the first one's got a lot of people connect. A lot of people connect with the first one, but the second one for me, you got Tim Curry as the snooty hotel manager and his little lackey in um in Rob Schneider. It's, mm. it's, I fucking I love that film. I love Home Alone Two. It'll always be my favorite. That's because you're a big Donald Trump fan. 
Yeah, huge, huge fan. <laughs> huge, huge fan of Donald Trump. Shows up in Home Alone 2, last in New York. What a yes. town. <laughs> All right, now you're going to be going on holiday uh, next week. Uh, if, if, we, if we're breaking down the, uh, the the pulling back the curtain here, you're going on, on a holiday next week to, to Bali, I believe. Is that right, to Bali? That is correct. The lovely Louise, the lovely Louise's three lovely children, and myself are all getting on the plane next Tuesday, making the quick uh, hop, skip, and jump to, to Bali. Uh, we've booked a villa, and we're going to be lazing around doing sweet F.A. for, for nine all this week is fucking hectic for me and for you for recording, and then next week's going to be fucking hectic for me editing. <laughs> next week is sweet F.A., this week is busy A.F., so yes, yeah. uh, oh for for you next week, sweet FA. <laughs> well, tr- <laughs> I'd, um, look, yeah. I'd, I'd feel bad for you, but at the same time, <laughs> no, <laughs> bad luck. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> but yeah, look, we all know that you're the locomotive that drives the four finger discount to express. So you know, shout out to shout out to my man Brendan James Dando. Now going by his full name on social media. Yeah, because you know why? Okay, before we get into today's review of Thank God It's Doomsday, I went to see Guns N' Roses on Saturday night, right? And my sister didn't get tickets. So as I was playing Patience, one of her favorite songs, I just sent, I recorded like video chat on Messenger. And mm-hmm. it got to like the end of the song. And just as I was about to start playing the next song, Don't Cry, it just went, you've been logged out, blah, 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 logged me out completely on Facebook. And I was like, what's going on here? What's happened? And it's like, I, I tried to log in. I could, I'd recently changed my password because someone tried to hack me. I was like, oh, fuck, I can't remember my password. I eventually um, did, forgot the password, went to the email, blah, blah, blah. I did, all, did the whole rigmarole to get it changed again. And then it told me you breached copyright before, by broadcasting it live. Like, apparently, if you broadcast a concert over Messenger, you're breaching copyright. I'm like, you're sort of a, a recording. But yeah, they're just like, if this happens again, you'll be you know banned from using Facebook for 30 days. And I was like, what the fuck ever? But then it was like, mm. um, please enter your name. And it was like, Brendan... And it said middle name. I didn't realize it said optional, but I put James. I was like, this is how you will now be known as Facebook. It's Brendan James Dando. I'm like, oh my God. God <laughs> damn you, Facebook. <laughs> it keeps going out of its way to yeah, do things to you, just to, just to F with you, doesn't it? Ah. Oh. It was, so, it was so frustrating. But anyway, we've got that little sorted. But yeah, thank God it's Doomsday. We're here to review this. By the way, guys, thank you for tuning into the, the show this week. Hope you are enjoying mm. us here. I hope you enjoyed last week's show where we spoke to the one and only Bill Oakley about our radio bar. So that's what we're going to be start doing more regularly here on Four Finger Discount once or twice a month. We're going to get a special guest on to go back and we're going to let them choose a classic episode from the first 10 seasons and we're going to revisit those good ones with yours truly. And Guy Davis, because Guy wasn't here for the first 10 seasons. So, hey, there we go. We're going to see Guy's opinion on the first 10 seasons as well. That's why he's tying it all in. So, I hope you enjoyed our chat with Bill Oakley. But this is, thank God, it's Doomsday. Another uh, religious-based episode. Religion-based episode. Feels Ooh. like we already got that this season with the Flanders one, where he was doing the halftime show and he was making the movies and everything. Remember that one? I, I was wondering why this felt sort of same old, same oldy. Yeah. Yeah. What, they, well, uh, what, what was uh, going uh, on in the Simpsons writers room at this time? Was ever did everyone get religion? What's happening? I'm not too, I'm not too sure, but there was probably it's probably why Flanders wasn't in this one so much because he was such a prominent character in in that episode. But Homer was as well. But Homer wasn't the religion story in that one. He was doing his um his dance classes with the oh, he's he's like he's what are they call right. celebration dances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So Flanders wasn't really in this one. I'm never usually a huge fan of the religious based episodes. You know, I could take it or leave it. Um, I mean, the uh, Home of the Her- Heretic, who, which we've actually done for our Patreon, you and I mm. reviewed that one. That's a classic. Um, but th- these ones here, I'm just, 
me being not very not religious at all, I think it sort of sort of makes me go, ugh, it's just I'm not interested. You know, just it, it just sort of that doesn't take me out of it. I'm just like I just don't really care. I don't. I, I get the jokes, but they don't really hit for me. I don't, I'm just not interested. I think there's that certainly. I mean, you know, I had a I won't say a religious upbringing, but you know, we were churchgoers. We went every Sunday. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't wasn't sitting there going, "Tell me more about the apostles." You know, I wasn't doing any of that shit. But uh, you know, I think like, I think I've got enough of a um, churchy background that I can relate in some ways. What some of these more recent episodes do? I mean, yeah, we all like Home of the Heretic. It's great. They just feel a bit shallow. They're not really. They're not really telling us much about, you know, rapture fever that's gripping the nation or anything like that. Because there was this whole series of books about uh, fiction about the rapture. You know, the Left Behind series that were just huge among you know a certain crowd and got turned into movies. Nicolas Cage was in one of them. Goodness me. So I don't know. There's fertile material there, and the show just doesn't really seem that interested in digging too deep into that soil. It just. You know, oh, people get a bit wacky when they think they're going to be sort of spirited up to heaven or not. So that's all this episode does. And look, it does it fine. I use this word a lot when I talk about episodes of this manner, but yeah, slight is a word that came to mind. Just, there's not a lot to this. It's just slight. It's fine, but it's slight. It's kind of hard to sort of buy into the fact that the, how the whole city just immediately believes Homer when the, the blimp crashes. It's like, oh, shit, he must know the world's coming to an end. <laughs> I'm sure there have been occasions when a lot of people have been sucked in by a big coincidence or something like that. (laughs) Ooh, so many coincidences. You know, it must mean something. At least so many coincidences, not just one. (laughs) And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, well, we're going to, we we have to do this. We have to follow home with this crazy lunatic to um, to get to heaven. But this episode actually reminded me, if I was trying to compare it to an older episode, this isn't a religion-based episode. It's the mysterious voyage of Homer where he eats the chili pepper and he has a sort of like an epiphany oh, yeah. and he realizes that he hasn't been treated Marge right and blah, blah, blah. This one kind of feels like that where Homer has to go away. And like, I know, are we supposed to believe that he goes to heaven here or is it supposed to be a case of, oh, it was just all a dream or was it? I hate those yeah. or was it kind of things. It just doesn't sit for me. But they kind of did that in the, um, in the mysterious voyage of Homer when he says it was all a dream and he wakes up on the golf course and then the, the dog talks to him and he goes, wait a minute. And the dog barks. He's like, damn straight. So they're sort of like leaving it open-ended there as well. But uh, just whilst this heaven scene was funny for what it was, there just wasn't... It just felt like a bunch of stuff happening. It didn't really yeah. have, like you were saying, it didn't really have any any purpose at all, really. I mean, we start, this was all started with fucking Bart and Lisa getting haircuts. It was I just, know. It was just... It, it just felt weird. It was just a, a bunch of stuff. But the thing is... Don Payne, this was his last solo writing credit for The Simpsons, I believe. He got nominated for an Emmy for this one. So I'm obviously mm. in the minority here. I'm not too sure. But for me, this episode was just, didn't, it didn't bother me. It didn't anger me. I was just sort of went, this is just happening. This is happening. Yeah, Nothing, this is just a creamy center. This is not a dizzying high or a crushing low. This is just a creamy center. And what did our new best buddy Bill Oakley say about uh, Emmys? I don't think he had a lot of time for him. <laughs> he didn't have a lot of time for many people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Bill likes burgers, and that's pretty much it. He likes burgers and four finger discount. That's all the Bill Oakley likes now. We had to. I had to cut out like two hours of the rant. <laughs> Just, but it was lovely having Bill on. Like man, the knowledge that man has and possesses. Like I learned so much in our chat with him. I thought it was great. It was really good. So yes, have a listen to that, folks. When you're through with this episode, um, 
How did we get to how did we get to talking about Emmys? Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Don Payne got an Emmy for this. You mentioned haircuts. I was looking, I'm just looking at my notes right now on my first my first lines about haircuts, and I'm like, why have I written about haircuts? Oh, that's right. Episode started with haircuts. But yes. yeah, and ends up in heaven. Um I like to think that he actually did go to heaven or that God paid him a visit via his dreams or whatever. But yeah, I like to think there was some heavenly divine aspect to that part of the story. I don't think it was just a dream. I think there was some uh, divine intervention in there. I like to think so anyway. And is the point of it meant to be that God intervened to make him realize that he how he values his family because he doesn't want to go to heaven without them? Like, Is that meant to be the book? What is the actual point of this whole story? I'm not saying every story has to have a point, but when, it, when, you got, when you're discussing divine intervention, like the whole Homer and the heretic, Homer had to realize that yeah, he should be going to church. He shouldn't be shunning God. Um, mm. I don't know. I just felt like this one just didn't really have any point to it. Well, like, I, yeah, like I said, it didn't really didn't really dig that deep into nah, no, yeah potentially material that had depth to it. It is a very Springfield thing, though. I guess I know I said before that it was hard to buy into everyone believing Homer. They do love jumping on a bandwagon. And oh, yeah. it, it takes me back to the episode called Lisa the Skeptic, where she thinks she found the angel and turns out to be the the the, the mall uh, owners have planted it there for publicity. It kind of reminded me of that where no one believes and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh shit, no, we do believe. And then <laughs> the problem is with this one here, they do believe it goes wrong and they all hang shit on Homer and call him a dummy. I'm like, you guys believed it. Who's the dummy? Like- <laughs> Well, when you're made a fool of, I think you really you're you're automatically going to turn on the person who led you astray. Yeah, if only to deflect it away from yourself. But my opinion is though, there was enough evidence there for Homer to believe it, and Homer showed his evidence that made him believe to other people, and they went, "That's good evidence. I'm going to believe it too." <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, what, what did you think of the um, haircut story? I liked the whole sort of like fourth wall breaking there with that with that one with the haircut the. Um, What's she call it? Like the the frames that she uses or whatever they the were. Templates. The, the templates, yeah, the templates. The templates, yeah. Yeah, the templates had a good It felt like a fun little story that definitely couldn't have been stretched out to a full episode, but it's just something to cram in there somewhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a it was a nice way to start, and I think we've seen enough episodes that start with one thing and then just do a bit of a a, a radical turn to the right or left or even a hairpin turn. And uh, yeah, I thought this was a good way. So it's very relatable. I mean, you know, when you're when you're little, you you don't have a say in what your hair looks like, and that's why you see so many kids with shit haircuts. <laughs> Partially because, like, well, yeah, just do something with it. You know, make it so it doesn't, so he can see through it or whatever. <laughs> you know, so he's it's not covering his eyes. The thing is, in 2022, though, it's almost like the worse the haircut, the cooler you are. So I feel like kids are now going to barbers and saying, "Give me a shit mullet." With a Z shaved in the side of my head. <laughs> I went to um, a a Christmas get together on Saturday night. The lovely Louise's dad runs his company in Geelong. He was holding a Christmas ball for some of his from his staff. It was at a place where I actually used to work when I was at uni, this reception centre. Uh, and you know, you had older guys who had sort of like store-bought haircuts. <laughs> Sorry, that's one of my favourite phrases of all time from The Simpsons. Yeah, store-bought haircut. Um, <laughs> uh, but you had a lot of young dudes who just had, oh, your hair's shit, mate. Why, why would you do that to yourself? You, you're in the prime of your youth and you've just got, you know, there was actually, there was one mullet though that was actually like, if I'm going to have a mullet, 
I'd probably have that one. It was okay. It was pretty well put together. But yeah, there's a oh god, there's so many bad haircuts out there. I think there was. It started usually. I think for me, I think it started around about the start of the pandemic, about 2020 ish, right? Where you started seeing all these shitty, you know, the shades on the side of the head, but it's still got the, the mullet oh, at yeah. the back. They were appearing a lot, and a lot of the AFL footballers, the younger ones, started getting it, and blah blah blah. And then I feel like now, getting towards the end of 2022, it's kind of like you're jumping on a on a a fad that's. To me, it just seems like it should be dead already. It's like, oh, you're still doing oh, yeah. that? Oh, you guys still think you're cool doing that? Okay. <laughs> Either I'm really uncool or you guys are just fucking idiots. <laughs> no, no, there's nothing nothing sadder than someone who jumps on a bandwagon just a little bit too late. <laughs> hey, my favourite. But what were your favourite moments from, thank God, it's Doomsday? Well, you know I'm a sucker for a good Sherman accent, uh, so I was very happy when Homer got to heaven and the concierge or the maitre d' or whoever you know was running the show up there. Well, apart from God, you know the guy, the front of house guy well, was he Andre? I think he was Andre. I think it was <laughs> yeah, Andre. Yeah, a, yeah, and it's it, it's Hank's area, right? Doing just doing one of his cavalcade of, uh, of fruity accents. If it's a campy lisp, then it's Hank's area. <laughs> He's your go-to guy for campy lisps. Uh, so, uh, look, I enjoyed him giving Homer the walkthrough of uh, of heaven, uh, including a very nice uh, callback to Los Lobos. Uh, you're you're too young for this, Dana, but there was a stage. I mean, when the La Bamba soundtrack came out in the late '80s, Los Lobos was everywhere. They were huge. Yeah, this uh, no yeah, idea this who band it is. Was just, oh, just a, uh, I believe they're a Mexican band, Mexican okay. sort of. Uh, Mexican inflected rock, yes, but they, uh, yeah, they did a cover of La Bomba that was just everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere without listening. Oh, is that the, uh, but La, my La Bomba? Is that that one? That is correct. Okay, okay. I know who it is now. <laughs> what an obvious song. Yes, <laughs> all you need to hear was that. I think my favourite part was just uh, the whole Left Below movie within the show, <laughs> and I got, I generally got the a, a, a good long laugh out of. Now, wait a second. Was the guy in the back of the limo making out with that girl? Was that the same guy from the previous scene who was like, "Yes, yeah, okay"? <laughs> because I just—it's such a cheesy line, and this guy's a terrible person. <laughs> the only thing I'm praying for is that you go easy on our credit cards. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my!" But once one way, I'm like, "Oh, you prick." The other way, I'm like, "Zing." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the only thing that would have made that scene better is him just doing the finger point when he's yes. doing little finger guns when he said that. I thought that would have been marvellous. But I got such a laugh out of that. I thought that was uh, pretty darn funny and probably my favourite moment of this episode. Dana, what were your favourites? I also enjoyed the Left Below film. I just how over the top it was and how ridiculous. But I also really enjoyed uh, just the sad Jesus on the swing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my son went to Earth once. I don't know what you guys did to him. <laughs> He's never been the same since. And I also got a kick out of Ralph asking for the Charlie Brown look. True. <laughs> Can you give me this? And it's, I just watched it and I was like, ah, oh, well, this is another way of uh, four-finger discount coming full circle because we discussed how um, we just did a review for uh, going down to South Park, how at the start of Summer Sucks, it's a very Charlie Brown-esque vibe. And I'll watch The Simpsons hmm. and here we go. Charlie Brown reference. <laughs> Everything's connected. The, un- the unified theory of four-finger discount, let's call it. Yes. Yeah, but that, they were my favourite moments from this episode. Next question. You there, eating the paste. 
All right, it is time, Mr. Davis, for some trivia. But of course, before we do that, it's time to read out some names of our beloved $20 patrons and the newest members of the four-figure discount family. Starting with our $20 patrons, Andrew Zerr, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Jordan Moleman Ritchie, Christopher Darby, Pete Anderson, Plain Old Matt, Andrew Davis, Ryan Dunlap, Jared Howard, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Zach Pruitt, Timothy Burleson, Joel Yoland, Katie G., Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Reese Roberts, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, Declan Phoenix, Jack McFadden, Heath Appleby, Preston Murray, and Adric McLeod. Thank you so much, guys, for being $20 patrons. Also, shout-outs to the newest members of the family or those who have upgraded their patronage. We have Beth Galloway, Zach Wood, Alistair McDonald, my uncle Darren Dando, Marinka Sislak, Tuan, Ben Lyons, Andy Kozlowski, Harrison McClure, and Kalen Thompson. On a scale of one to a million, how important are these people to your life, Mr. Davis? Uh, a trillion. I'd have to agree. They are they're pretty damn important. We do love we do love our patrons. We do love every single listener, but those patrons, you guys are paving the way. You're helping us grow this empire. So thank you so much, so, 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 so much for your support. You paid for my trip to Bali. Well, <laughs> you helped. <laughs> yeah, here is Dano buying, buying gear for the studio. Guy's going to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> a little R and will come back. I'll come back all sort of like psyched up and you know yeah. prepared to you know just start churning out that hot content in 2023 and beyond. A bit of ex- a bit of excitement. Uh, so when Guy gets back, we're going to be doing a Christmas special together in person over some beers, and I'm looking at a way to get some live call-ins for patrons as well. So patrons, if you're listening right now, you can be a part of our Christmas special, calling up Guy and Dando, having a chat with us. So. If, you want, if you're not a patient, you want to chat to Guy and Dando on the Christmas special, join now for as little as one single dollar we do. All supports the, cho- all supports the show. Also, uh, you can support the show. If you don't want to be a patient, you can send us a donation to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. We would appreciate that as well. But what's your first question, Mr. Davis? Your first trivia question. Oh, my first trivia question. What is the name of the place that sells wind chimes at the mall? Mm, no, nah, you've lost me. What is it? It was called Tinkle in the Wind. Tinkle in the wind. Okay, my first question is, what's the name of the floozy that the man is kissing in the back of the, the limo? You calling her a floozy because I had this as a question as well. I put him down as a girlfriend. You're, you're just slut-shaming. <laughs> um, but her, that, that slut's name is Shauna. <laughs> That's correct. But the thing is, if you know somebody's married and you're seeing them on the side, knowing that they are married, you're not a good person. I know it takes two to tango, but you are not a good person. You're yeah, just as bad it takes as the person who's cheating. It takes two to tango, but someone is definitely leading in this uh, in this dance. Uh, your next question: What is the name of the guy in the devil suit outside the uh, fast food place? Ernie. Close, but no. nowhere near it. Barry. <laughs> Barry. Okay. <laughs> My next one is: What channel is Earth on the heaven oh, TVs? I want to say it's twenty three. You would be correct, sir. Right, my final question was: Well, you stole one, uh, so was, I had lost Lobos. <laughs> uh, let me just try and think of one other. Uh, Homer says in this episode, "Original, not what other flavor? Not barbecue, I believe. Not barbecue. Yes. Mm. Uh, can I fire one more question at you, perhaps? Go for it. According to Ken Brockman, what is everyone's favorite lettuce? Oh, well, it's not iceberg. Um, Ah, oh, nah, what is it? What is everyone's favourite lettuce? It's Baby Bib. Baby Bib. I, he did sell me on that lettuce festival. I will give him that. It sounded not bad. And I'm glad that Cabbage is getting a look in. Yeah. 
Cabbage, I only ever usually eat if it's in, I guess, a coleslaw. We had a barbecue last night, so you have a coleslaw. Hmm. But have you ever had chow min or chow mine, some people call it? Well, they're, they're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that was what Nicola called it, I believe, chow mine. We, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's chow min. But uh, my nan used to cook <laughs> a, an epic chow min. And um, yeah, it used to be full of cabbage. And just the, one of the things I said, I said at Nan's funeral is like, one of the things I miss about Nan is walking into her house and smelling the chow min cooking because like, it just had that smell. It's like, <laughs> It smells like Nan's house, you know. Ooh, <laughs> like, ooh, do, do, do you do you have a do you have a food like a smell like your mother's cooking? Like when your mother when when Mary Margaret's cooking something, what's the the one smell that reminds you the most of your mum when it comes food wise? First, first of all, flip that. It's Margaret oh, Mary. Margaret Mary. Oh, uh, I got it wrong. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all very Catholic. Uh, two things. My special treat when I was growing up was mum would occasionally make these little egg and bacon pastries, little quiches, mini quiches. Very simple, you know, not a lot in them. Egg, bacon, onion, a little bit of mustard, put it in a puff pastry thing, oh, and oh my God, that was so good, so good. The good thing about simple things like that, though, is that when you ask mum to cook it, she doesn't mind cooking it for you because she can whip it up really easy, and it's just like, that it's, is it's, it's, it's the greatest thing, but yeah, continue, yeah. And she'll always make them on my birthday, which I'm very happy about. To this uh. day, I'll still get them on my birthday, and I tried making them once, and I did okay with it. But they they lack that Margaret Mary touch. Would, would Margaret Mary want to come on the Christmas special over the phone, have a chat for a minute or so, make an appearance? <laughs> uh, Does she know you do this show? <laughs> <laughs> You're still doing that podcast. <laughs> would she want to? I would be cool getting, getting uh, on the line. We should, we should see about it. I will ask her. I yeah. will ask her. Uh, but the other thing was, she uh, on a Saturday night, she would always whip up this batch of vegetable soup, and. Yeah, there'd be enough for the week. You know, you'd be, <laughs> you'd probably, you'd get it Saturday night, uh, Monday night, and then maybe Tuesday, Wednesday. It usually never stretched further than Wednesday. And the first night I cooked, it was always like, oh, oh, that smells good. I mean, did that childish thing where it's like, oh, not vegetable soup again. And now we're all like, oh, man, I just killed for another bowl of that vegetable soup. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's one that I remember very, very vividly. It's funny how uh, veggie soup's a, fun, a, a good one because my nanny used to make an awesome veggie soup and she never wrote down a recipe. And we always, it always bothers us, but I remember Nan told me once her secret recipe for her veggie soup was Vegemite. She used to put two tablespoons oh. of Vegemite in her soup and it's just, maybe just the salt and everything, just the, the flavoring was spread throughout the soup. Vegemite and veggie soup, if you're out there, listeners, you're going to get cook yourself some veggie soup, try putting some Vegemite in it, a tablespoon of Vegemite, soup, uh, Vegemite the spread. It does wonders. It's amazing. That was my nan's secret recipe. There you go. The world now knows it. There you go. Marlene, the world now knows your secret recipe. <laughs> you, you betrayed Marlene. No, you didn't. Uh, I thought it was very funny. I thought you were about to say the secret ingredient in your nan's vegetable soup was vegetables. Oh, vegetables. <laughs> I was like, when Marge, well, I can't remember what episode it is. It's like, you could, I guess you could say the secret ingredient is salt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, that is trivia for, thank God, it's Doomsday. Let's get into our review, shall we, Mr. Davis? Yeah. But before we do that, it's time to take a quick break. Are you tired of listening to people talk about something and would just rather hear two losers talk about nothing? Well, look no further than Talking Seinfeld, our podcast discussing every episode of the number one show of the 90s. Talking Seinfeld is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. 
if you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of... Thank God it's Doomsday was May 8th, 2005. It was written by Don Payne. I believe it's his last solo writing credit. He was nominated for the uh, Writers Guild of America. So maybe it wasn't the Emmys. No, it's right, it wasn't in the oh, okay. It was Writers Guild of America Award for Outstanding, Outstanding Writing in Animation. So we hold them in high regard than the Emmys. We'll just, we'll just go with it anyway. And uh, <laughs> okay. it was directed by Michael Marcantel, or Mark Santel, Mark Kantel, I'm going to say. Uh, the episode starts off with uh, the kids on the swing outside, sitting in the backyard having a having a play. And Marge tricks them to come inside by saying ice cream, but really she's going to be giving them a haircut. Elliot, we cannot get him to have a haircut. Just, he just he just won't do it. It's like, for God's sakes, kid, your, your mop's growing down over your fucking ears. You can't hear anything. You can't see anything. It's, it's annoying. <laughs> do, do you recall at what age, I mean, well, if haircuts ever became like, or stopped being a chore, or stopped being a a punishment. Uh, pro- see, this is the thing. So when Mum used to take me to, it was at Labuan Square in Norway, and there was a barber, and there was a father, and there was a son who used to run it. And I used to really enjoy getting my hair cut by the son because he was nice and he was gentle and he was, he was fun to talk, talk to. The old guy was kind of like, "What do you want?" And he was always rough, and he pulled your <laughs> hair, and he, it always hurt when he'd cut your hair. So I was always mm. like, I get there, and I'd be like, starting to walk in, I see that the the, the Son's busy cutting someone else's hair. I'm like, I don't want to go in there. I don't want to do it. I don't. I don't want him to do it. So like, the the fear wasn't necessarily getting my hair cut. It was getting my hair cut by that man. So, but then he eventually <laughs> retired, and it was just the the son doing it by himself. And I was like, hey, whatever hair you want, go for it. Give me, give me whatever. I remember one time they going there and asking for the Nick Carter Backstreet, Backstreet Boy look. This was like 1998. Oh and um, it just did not suit me at all. <laughs> I don't know whether they cut was it wrong the one, or the, the middle, the, the middle part, part down the middle. Yep, it was very big in 1998. I probably had a a hairstyle like that at some stage. Yeah, I was very. I think I was very big on the middle part at some stage when I had yeah. hair. So when I was growing up, it was part in the middle, and then it, it transitioned to short hair with a long fringe sticking up with gel. That was a big deal. I want to say about grade six-ish. Short hair, bit of fringe, sticking up. It's usually around grade five or six that you start recognising, hmm, this, I, could, I could actually do so. I could style my yes. hair as opposed to just comb it. <laughs> so, uh, so I haven't styled my hair since I was about, I don't know, 14 or 15 because I've got really bad acne. Like if, if I, don't, I use proactive. If I don't use proactive, I've got really bad acne. But when I used to put the stuff in my hair, the mousse or whatever, my skin would just break out. And I'd, so I'm just like, all right, well, I'm just oh, off the stuff. So now I just don't care. <laughs> I haven't cared about my hair for about 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I, it was actually like a life-changing moment when I was about 10 or 11. And... Actually got like a brush and gave myself a bit of a Neo James Dean John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever kind of. I was about to say this. The, the, the first time you hear that Saturday Night Fever song and you start seeing someone strut, you're like, 
I can do this. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, I've, first of all, I've given myself like another inch or so in height, which is good for a little guy. Um, and it's like, yeah, looking a bit... Uh, Looking a bit cool there. Yeah. Sometimes I see guys and they've all sort of got the, the nice haircut and their beards are all shaved nice and they look very kept. And I was like, I could do that or I could just not. And I'd rather just not. <laughs> <laughs> or I could just not. <laughs> just too much effort. Uh, no. When, when, you're, when you're working from home podcasting with two small kids running around, I ain't got time for that shit. Oh, look, when you've got no hair on your head, um, you just run the clippers over it, you know, once a fortnight or whatever. And yeah, there you go. What was the, the feeling of the first time you just shaved your head? Was it sort of like a, oh, well, at least I've finally done it. It's done. It's just, I've accepted it. I'm, I can move on to the next phase now. I think I, I think I may have said this on, uh, if not Full Finger Discount, then certainly another one of our shows. Maybe we have, yeah. It's probably Seinfeld talking about George being bored, probably. Yeah, but I did shave it when my hair was th- thinning rather than thin. I didn't shave it right down to the scalp, but I, I, it was very, very close. I just wanted to see what kind of shaped head I had. And, yeah, look, it was a little confronting, shall we say, <laughs> the first time. But uh, I think the other thing was I like the idea of if I'm going to have a, a bald head, then I like having a beard. So now yes. I've got that. Uh, and I think I was both sort of clean-shaven and bald-headed back in the – 94 or whenever I, whenever I actually did that. It's like, mm, I don't know how this looks. I look, look a bit like a fetus. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to have hair somewhere. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, so Marge's arm, she's tricked the, uh, the kids into getting haircuts, but they don't want to get cut by Marge anymore. They want people hair. They want to look like real people. So they want to go to the, uh, the new kids barbershop down at the mall. But the, what I liked here was they didn't want to hurt Marge's feelings. They didn't really know how to go about it. It's like, mum, we love you. You know, we appreciate you've been cutting your hair. But I think it's time that we've grown up a bit now. We want to get a haircut by a professional. Mom, Bart and I have been talking. You have? That's so nice. What Lisa's trying to say is there's a new kid's barbershop in the mall and we'd like to start going there. A kid's barbershop? But they don't have my templates. Yeah, the templates had a great run, but we'd like our hair to look like, um, people hair. Oh, I see. Well... Good luck getting to your precious mall, Barber, because I'm not driving you. Kids, want to go to the mall? They're baking fresh Cinnabons, which means they're throwing out the old ones. Yay! I just envision you being a, a big Cinnabon fan. I think I've tried them at least once or twice and realised, oh, these are so good that I could, you know, have far too many of them. Yeah. So I'm trying to limit my uh, Cinnabon intake. I used to be huge on the berry scrolls at Coles when I used to work there. They used to have berry scrolls in the in the bakery. Man, I could eat those all day. They do a really nice Danish at Brumby's or Baker's Delight, a really nice blueberry one that I will have on occasion. One of my resolutions for 2023 is like, okay, that's your cheat day food. That's not that's not everyday food. That's sometimes food. Well, that can, that can be your cheat. That can that can be your cheat meal for a Tuesday. And then you have one for a Wednesday and one for a Thursday and one for a Friday. Correct. Yeah, just be an ongoing cheater. <laughs> oh, cheaters. That's a show I haven't thought about for a long time. We'll get into that one day. You're <laughs> falling a discount. I love myself some <laughs> cheaters. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so Marge is annoyed. But I'm going to take them to the um, mall to get their haircut at the new barber. Uh, 30 haircuts. Uh, $30 haircuts. It is. I think it's like you can't put a price on a haircut. $30 haircuts. So that was nice little, uh, <laughs> nice little guide there. Uh, Bart gets the, uh, the bad haircut because he's... Um, this is the thing. This guy actually reminds me of, of the old guy at the shop when I see my haircut. Like, I was he about just to didn't say. care, didn't give a shit. <laughs> this is just, so just shaves Bart's head. Like, 
How has this guy got a barber license? Bart's playing a video game. At least if the, if the kid doesn't know what he's talking about, at no point did he say, shave my head, bald, and cut off my spikes like this. But anyway, so Bart gets a really shit haircut. Lisa taunts him, and then he just shaves her head as a result. And this is where we see Ralph walk up. Can you give me this? And it's the Charlie Brown look. I've never actually associated Ralph with being Charlie Brown, but I can kind of see... Because Charlie Brown was never an idiot. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because he hasn't got much hair on top. Ralph's just an idiot. Yeah, and Charlie <laughs> um, Brown's sweet not. Natured, yeah. su- sweet natured idiot. Charlie Brown just has bad luck. <laughs> He's a he's a he's a bad luck loser, Charlie Brown. Yes, that's right. So Bart and Lisa are now fighting around the um, the barbers with the with the razors and the scissors and everything. And he's got he, she's they've cut off his bad boy uh, spikes and she's lost her good girl points. And this is where we see the Springfield Photography Club, which is Skinner and several kids from the school. I know Milhouse and Nelson were there. Can't really remember who the other ones yes. were. And it says the best photo that you guys take will get displayed in the school hallway. And this is where Bart and Lisa had the chime. This is the store you were mentioning before with, with the chimes. It's more a barrow than anything else, actually. Old tinkle in the wind. And, yeah, so they chase Bart and Lisa. They want to get a, a photo of them to, to enter into the, I guess it's a competition. And they catch Homer eating out of the dumpster. And this is where they go and hide in the theatre. So, basically, they just needed a reason to get Homer, Lisa, and Bart to sneak into a cinema. And that's what this whole elaborate story here was at that. But we got there. We finally got there in the end. But before we did get there... Don't miss out on the most one of the most important parts of this episode, the fact that Skinner was caught with a shirt wiener. I was about to say that, yes, because they go to hide in a the theatre and then Skinner <laughs> gets taunted with his shirt wiener. I love the, leave your body, Seymour. Body. <laughs> shirt wiener. Well, when, I, um, when I think of wiener, though, it's, just, it's, it's hard to not go Bart, past the uh, Bart the genius. He oh, sure no, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, the Simpsons are now uh, watching Left Below, and uh, did you see the newspaper article in the um, in the film? Permissive lifestyles on rise. Bible mocked. Left Below. Ooh, a he is risen production. I wish you'd come to church with us, sweetheart. Church? I'd rather play golf on the holiest day of the week. Oh, finally a character I can relate to. I bet good things happen to him. But honey, with recent troubles in the Mideast and other ominous signs, the rapture could soon be upon us. The rapture? Easy there, Helen. Science has shown religion is just an old wives' tale. (gasps) I'm sorry, but the only thing I'm praying for is that you take it easy on our credit cards. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Thompson. What if your wife finds out? It's modern times. Everyone's doing it. Where did my Christian limo driver go? My pious husband is missing. The baby I chose to have baptized is gone. Mr. Thompson, what's happening? It's the rapture, Shauna. The rapture. The virtuous have gone to heaven, and the rest of us have been left below. Left Below? Where have I heard that before? It's the title of the movie. It's everywhere! We were fools! And because we rejected God, tacitly accepting Satan, we must suffer through the apocalypse. I thought all religions were a path to God. I was wrong! Oh, why did I choose to be gay? Oh, this movie will haunt me for the rest of my life, just like Cannonball Run 2. 
Did you hear, see that they called him Mr. Thompson? I did. I like that little back reference to Homer there because it's meant to sort of be representing Homer <laughs> and how Homer doesn't oh, yeah. it. So, <laughs> when I step on your I foot... I think he's talking to you. <laughs> I think he's talking to you. And it, I just love the over-the-top lines in this, in this film. So, like, where did my Christian limo driver go? Why did I choose to be gay? Yeah. <laughs> They have to get that in there, don't they? Why did I choose to be gay? You know, why did I put all my faith in science and technology and things like that? And then Homer, he he, he disses Cannonball Run 2. Is that a bad film, Cannonball Run 2? Um, it's no Cannonball Run 1, shall mm. we say. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does feel like a... <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to be calling the Cannonball Run a work of high art. But it feels like it's got a little more integrity than Cannonball 2, where it does feel like everybody is just in it for the money. As someone who has never heard of or seen a Cannonball Run film, I want to think it's either, for some reason, I, I hear Cannonball Run, and I think it's either a pirate film or it's like a, a extreme like roller, roller derby film. So what is Cannonball Run? <laughs> it is neither of the above, Dan. But uh, thank you for allowing me to explain because this is what I'm a Viking. Um, Cannonball Run is, there was a time, young people, Back in the uh, 70s and 80s, 1970s and 1980s, may I say, when if you put the late Burt Reynolds behind the wheel of a hotted up sports car, ka-ching, you made so much money. Okay. In 1981, I think it was, Burt headed up the cast of the Cannonball Run, which uh, the plot was, I think, some eccentric billionaire. I, I don't really remember the exact plot, but it doesn't really have one other than... I think it's an eccentric billionaire says, I'll pay this amount of money to whoever gets a, from this side of the country to that side of the country the fastest in your hotted up automobile. So people from all over the world come to come take part in the Cannonball Run. There's Bert. Um, who else? Roger Moore, James Bond at the time, is um, playing like, it's actually pretty funny. He's playing like some snooty British lord or something who actually thinks he is James Bond. So he's sort of he's there in Aston Martin, uh, scooting across America. Jackie Chan, one of Jackie Chan's first um, uh, American roles. So you know he's scooting across uh, America in, in some kind of Asian car, and occasionally gets into kung fu fights because that's what Jackie Chan does. Uh, a couple of hot chicks as well. That's yeah, that's all there is to it. It's cars driving across America at speed. It's basically the Fast and the Furious without family. <laughs> You love that word. <laughs> Family. <laughs> Family. Did you see that um, he no longer says, I am Groot. He says, we are Groot. In the, uh, I did see that in the, in the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Going to a cinema near you next year. Very conveniently year. dropped on the same day as Indiana Jones 5 or whatever it is. Correct. I was stoked for that. I, I wasn't looking forward to the new Indiana Jones and now I am. It's like, this looks great. I was like, this actually feels like Raiders. <laughs> What's going on here? It really did. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that. So, yeah, that was Cannibal Run and Cannibal Run 2, more of the same. Burt Reynolds is still in it. Uh, not as many good stars, though. Okay. So, Homer's scared in bed that night. He's, he's worried about being left below. Marge says, you know, if God was going to you know, bring the rapture, he'd send signs like dogs in spaceships. And they'd, they'd, all, they'd all be leaving in spaceships. And then Homer sort of, he, he's, he's happy, he's content. He's like, yeah, you're right, Marge. And he gets, how about a rapture for, for the mama or something? And I was like, I love that these guys just still have a, a full-on sex life. <laughs> All they should yeah. have been through. They, you can, Homer must be an absolute dynamo in the sack <laughs> because Marge is always, <laughs> not all the time, but she's pretty keen as muscle trot. most of the times. <laughs> By the way, I'm looking up the Jacobin. Oh, 
Yeah, I'm looking up the Jacob, uh, Jacob and Rachel story that uh, Marge alludes to, yeah. and the first thing that comes up on Google is um, <laughs> Jacob, Leah, and Rachel, the Bible's original love triangle. So that sounds a bit saucy. We're we're running short on time here, so we won't go into it. But uh, no, that's the thing though. There's a lot of gags in here that, as someone who isn't religious, I'm just like zoop straight over my head. And normally I would go, I want to go look into that and find out more about it. I just don't care <laughs> with, with episodes like this, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, see, you're not going to get raptured when the rapture comes, buddy. You're just going to be, you know, swimming Left around below. in the sea of life. Oh, why did I make podcasts? <laughs> I hope my voice sounds like that one day. That'd be great. <laughs> Welcome to Sorry. Fall a Discount. <laughs> so you, should do spirit, that. you should do that. The spirit fingers the entire time. Do the spirit time. fingers. <laughs> Uh, Homer is driving around looking for some signs, ominous signs, and uh, you know, in and out devil food cakes where he thinks it's Satan, and the blood is raining from the sky. I didn't like this. The poor whale. Fucking sea captain. I feel terrible for this. Yeah. yeah. Like, why I was, why was it that. bleeding in the first place? Like, we'll save you, buddy. Was, were they trying to get him away from the sea captain in the first place? Was that the whole thing? I, I think know. the sea captain originally shot it, or harpooned terrible. it. And yeah, and then he just loves to scrimshaw so much that he you know, took to a helicopter. Yeah. I normally like the sea captain, but that sucked. Yeah, they've, they've sort of built up sympathy for the sea captain in recent episodes, recent seasons. But yeah, he um, he lost it all there. Uh, we get back from the um, the commercial break, and Homer now thinks it's Judgment Day, and he's at the Christian bookstore, Gospel for Less, and he um, they say there's a, a sale on Bible magnifying glasses, and it's fifty percent off the uh, nineteen eighty nine year Armageddon book. I, I really <laughs> like that. <laughs> the fact that there's, there's an Armageddon for every generation. <laughs> Well, remember, you know, like a decade or so ago. 2012. Uh, that 2012 came out. It was like, oh, my God, we've only got two years before the end of the world. I'd better go to the movies and see 2012. What was it like with the Y2K with the religious folk like, hey, you're still in our bit? <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit like that. I mean, yeah, yeah it's like... <laughs> Yeah, religious stuff. We've cornered the market on Armageddon here. Don't be, you know, trying to bring science and computers into the mix. <laughs> that, that's our territory. We're not going to destroy ourselves. God will. He'll destroy us all. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the, the he, he offers Homer the, the Friends of Flanders discount. I don't want it. <laughs> he just doesn't take it, even though he's going to save money. Uh, Homer is now, I'm uh, sorry, Marge is now knitting uh, a wig and a toupee for Bart out of the old trimmings that she got out of the freezer. And then Homer, that's just a way of sort of just writing off that story from the start. Right, Moving along now, that's that's finished. Yes. Homer's, you know, didn't eat his second dinner and he's reading a word book and Marge is very taken aback by this and Homer comes up with this ridiculous theory as to how he's going to work out how the world's going to end when it's going to be the rapture and turns out to be conveniently in one week, which is <gasps> seven days from now. Now. <laughs> but, you know, it, it has a, uh, a ring of credibility to it because you use maths. As long as you use numbers in some way. Oh yeah, look, there's a there's a politician in Australia. I think she might be like the deputy leader of of the Liberals of the coalition at the moment, the opposition, Susan Lay. And her original her her first name was originally spelled S U S A N, Susan. But she's a big believer in numerology, so she put an extra S in there because she, you know, crunched the numbers and thought, I'll be more successful if I've got a double S in my first name. And now she's the deputy leader of the Liberal Party. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe. I'm not too sure. Possibly. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Unlikely. But Homer's um, he's trying to warn everybody. 
Uh, he's got these, he's got these bell, his town crier bell, and he's, there's always one wacko walking around. Man, when I walk through the streets of Melbourne to get to the MCG, there was a lot of these guys just roaming around, talking to themselves, talking to me. One guy, mm. one guy walked up to me and he, as I was power walking. I've got shin splints now, by the way, because I was power walking from the MCG in Melbourne to Spencer Street Station so I can get the train in time. And this guy, I'm, I'm making good time. And this guy just comes out of nowhere. I see him eye me and I was like, uh, here we go. Clearly looked like he'd had a rough time. And he's walking, he's just like, you did it. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, thanks, mate. He's like, no, no, you did it. And he's pointing to my shirt. And my shirt had, um, it was the, the home of the hedge shirt. I was like, I was like, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need to, I've got to get to the train station. He's like, you, I know you did it with your shirt. And I was like, I'm getting fuck out of here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's always a little scary when you encounter a, an insane person on the street. I remember one what day- What was scary I is was that this guy's doing this to me on a busy street, like down down Flinders, Flinders Street, and everyone's just walking yeah. by, and I'm like, this guy's like uh, confronting me over my shirt. No. Someone help. Help, help me. No. <laughs> I remember one day I was walking through the Melbourne CBD. Uh, it was on a- it was like rush hour. It was a really crowded footpath. It was raining really heavily, but it was also muggy. So it was just the, the shittest conditions ever. And, you know, we're all bunched in. And right in my ear, I could hear this bloke behind me saying, it's not you doing this, mate. It's it's them. It's it's bloody immigrants who did this, mate. You, oh, you didn't no. do this. They fucking did that. And I'm like, I'm in a shit enough mood as it is, mate. If you keep Pouring that poison in my ear at close proximity, I'm going to turn around and put your fucking teeth down your throat, you prick. Oh, I'd love to see angry guy throw a punch. That'd be the best. <laughs> Ow. I reckon. I reckon you would pack a serious two-piece feed. Just pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> with an apple pie and stuff. Ran it out. He's <laughs> <laughs> dessert, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to make you angry. I've seen you frustrated. I wouldn't want to see you angry. Oh. I'm a fairly even-tempered fellow. Yeah, you are for the ninety-nine point five percent of the time until technology doesn't go your way. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kent Brockman reporting live from downtown Springfield, where overweight doomsayer Homer Simpson is predicting the world will end next Wednesday. Homer, what turned you from sad drunk to mad monk? Funny story, Kent. It's the end of the world. God loves you. He's gonna kill you. Here's my angle. There's no way in God's heaven I should get into God's heaven. But maybe he'll let me in if I warn others the apocalypse is coming, as I previously shouted. I see. Well, we have 30 seconds left. Any other cuckoo yip yap? Uh, oh, here's one. Revelation 6.13. Just before the rapture, the stars will fall to the earth. So all you hippies out there might want to... For that one. <laughs> there you have it, folks. And if I can make a prediction of my own, this weekend Springfield Lettuce Festival is going to be bigger and better than ever. We've got romaine, iceberg, radicchio, and everyone's favorite, baby bib. Even a few cabbages are getting in on the fun. Brockman here. This is just, for me, the perfect Brockman line. Any more of that cuckoo yip yap? <laughs> oh, that's just like so Brockman. <laughs> Probably my favorite character. I've got to say, I love Ken Brockman. Yeah. <laughs> You've always gone with Brockman, haven't you? Yeah. Then Homer is, um, he gets home from a crazy, he's crazy exercise. Basically, he's just here. He's just mm. trying to convince the family that you know, the world's coming to an end. And they're just like, we're not, we're not buying it. And Lisa's like, look, dad, you know, maybe in a hundred years of global warming, yeah, we're screwed. But right now, I don't think what you're saying has any um, grounds to it. I don't think it's going to actually happen. No, nobody believes him. Mm. And Homer's like, maybe, maybe you're right. 
Maybe you're right. This is a, that's twice now in this episode. Homer's gone, the world's coming to an end. The rapture's coming. And then marginally sort of gone, it's really not. He's like, you're right. It's Talked not. Talked him down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just straight, straight away. So they turn on the TV and it's crusty celebrity salute to specials. And the, all these celebrities are in the... That's <laughs> a good title, isn't it? All the uh, celebrities are in the, um, in the blimp. And um, it's America's favourite waste of taxpayer dollars. It's the, um, what are they, the blue, what are they called? The blue The one? blue angels. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The yeah. blue angels. Yeah. The blue angels, yeah. Uh, they, they crashed into the blimp. The stars were all falling to the earth. Krusty, however, was saved because um, the celebrities- Los Lobos broke his fall. <gasps> the stars are falling to the earth. <gasps> Just as you predicted. This is actually the story. Hang on. No, no, it's, it's roles reverse. So Marge, Marge was the one saying this was going to happen in the Simpsons movie. The world was coming to an end. The dome and everything with a, 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 a thousand eyes. Oh, so okay. remember that. So remember how Marge mm. she sees all these visions and things, and then it was like coming true. Like the thousand eyes was the squirrel from the mutant lake, and um, yeah. in, in EPA was the Environmental Protection Agency, things like that. So basically, this is just. The movie storyline was just the roles reversed where Marge was saying the world was coming to an end. No one believed her and then things started happening. Everyone's like, oh, it's true. You're right. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> uh, everyone now comes to Homer's house or comes to the Simpsons' house to ask for help because they saw the um, the, the Krusty special as well. And I'll let Mo, I've done some stuff that yeah. I'm not proud of. And the stuff I am proud of is disgusting. Mo is <laughs> <laughs> very – the, the older you get, the more relatable Mo is, isn't he? <laughs> I was about to say, Mo speaks for us all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> he really does. As, as, as we saw at the start of this episode, the couch gag was all Mo's. Yes, of course. I didn't do the couch gag. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so and I do. Like, I think they've had that couch gag before. Maybe they haven't, but I've, it's always been one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Homer says they've got to go to the um the Springfield. Is it Messer? How we say it? I want to say I want to say Messer rather. We're going to say Messer. We might be wrong, but we're just we're just going to say Messer. So don't be annoyed if we're saying it wrong. <laughs> Our American friends, if you're in proximity to a, ma- a Mesa or a Mesa or a Messi or whatever it's called, a Lionel, Lionel Messi. Misa, Misa. Um, Misa, Misa. <laughs> Let's not bring Jar Jar into this. Uh, yeah, let us know if, we, if we're mispronouncing it and uh, we will go eh, and just keep on saying it the way we were always saying it. I love the, the setup and the vibe. I like it when there's like a, a guy in a room there's a big group of people and he's, he's, he's telling everybody a plan. So it reminds me of sort of like, you know, in A New Hope when they're going over the plan of how they're going to blow up the Death Star. Everyone's like gathered around. Mm. So Homer here's like, we're going to go here. Everyone's like gathered around watching this the Springfield Messer. And then Flanders arrives. Ah, oh, looks like something I want to be a part of. Ah, oh, no, 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 no. We're, um, this, this is a, a meeting about gay witches and abortion. <laughs> I, do, I love the look on, on Flanders. Pulls it just a- yeah, so that's actually used for a lot of memes. Yeah, <laughs> with Flanders looking outside the window of, of anger, but it's now time for Judgment Day. Everyone's there, and um, the Homer tells everybody to go get a rapture buddy. Important question. Yes. What was wrong with Carl? Was Carl not? Did Carl not go? I had the same question as well. So he's like, "Yeah, what, what, what's wrong with Carl?" And I'm like, "That didn't go anywhere. Where, where is Carl? Is this going to pay off? Yeah. No, and, did, and it didn't pay off." No, it didn't pay off with a punchline in that scene, and it didn't pay off with a a, a, a payoff later on down the line. It, it was just no. a, like a lot of this episode. It was just a bunch of stuff that happened. Just stuff, yeah. Just people spilling words <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> Lisa then, you know, Lisa then warns, you know, this isn't this isn't right. And I was like, yeah, but you know, those people had something that I that didn't have something that I do have. A good feeling about this. 
<laughs> and then they, they leave Grandpa behind because that's what they always do. They're still doing it to this day. Uh, and then they all sing in the 99 minutes until we're all saved, which is a play on the 99 bottles of beer on the wall. What was your favourite bus song when you were a kid at school? We used to sing Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar. Did you ever sing that one? Oh, I don't I don't recall ever doing any bus sing-alongs. Ah. I'm sure we must have. We used to um, always go, Mrs. Mrs. Klein, can we sing Who, Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar? She's like, oh, fucking no, fucking fine. <laughs> Half an hour. All you do is you go, Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar? And then someone goes, whoever's, whoever's it goes, Guy stole the cookie from the cookie jar. And then you go, who, me? And we go, yes, you. It couldn't have been. And then we go, then who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? And then you go, Dan, I stole the cookie from the cookie jar. And who, me? Uh, yeah, you. It couldn't have uh, been. And, <laughs> and it just fucking goes on forever. <laughs> who, I'm, I'm with, who was your teacher's name? Mrs. Klein? I'm with Mrs. Klein on this. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine being a teacher hearing these kids having the time of their lives. I mean, don't get me wrong, but. After after two minutes, you're like, okay, kids, let's 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 get over it. There are certain things when you're a kid, certain sayings get locked in your head or just have great math feeling. You just want to say them. I remember I was on a flight from Sydney to Melbourne once. Not a long flight, about an hour or so, but for at least forty five minutes or of it, uh, uh, a four year old girl. I, I know she's four years old because I said to her parents, "Do you, how old's your kid? Does you, do, does she want to be five? No, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but she spent forty five minutes of the flight saying, "What's the time, Mister Wolf? What's the time, Mister Wolf? What's the time, Mister?" <laughs> maybe she, maybe she was broken. <laughs> Maybe so I was like, you gotta set on murder. What's the <laughs> you gotta set on the Mr. Wolf setting. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but oh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think I even had my headphones on, but I could still like, I know it's happening. So I mean, uh, even as a parent, anyway. I'm I'm more lenient with things like that now. But like, even for example, Holly, right? I might be doing something with her where I go like, boo, or, or, some, or something silly like that, right? And it's like the greatest, it's like peak of comedy. And then I'll do it again. She thinks it's funny. And do it again. She thinks it's funny. I'm like, all right, kid, I've done it seven times now. It's not as funny. She's like, oh, no, it's fucking, it's just as funny as it was the first time. Keep going. Keep going. And I'm like, I really don't want to. Then five minutes later, can we stop? Oh, no, no, no. You're getting funnier. Keep going. Like, I don't want to keep going. Holy <laughs> sounds like Seinfeld. Keep it going. That, that's pretty funny. <laughs> You're actually getting funnier. Continue. <laughs> Seventh time, oh, yeah. funnier than the first. Yeah. <laughs> How does he do it? <laughs> <laughs> but they go to the um all to right. the, the Mesa and um and Moses is gonna steal all God's secrets and sell them to Satan. I'm like, of course Mo would do that. And Marge is very proud of Homer. And then Again, we get a fucking sideshow Mal saying, there appears to be some delay. I'm like, I want to ask Matt Salmon or someone next time we speak to them, what the hell was the fascination of sideshow Mal in season 16? I don't get it. What the what the hell is with the Mel? Yeah, it does, I don't <laughs> understand. But then they, they're, they're waiting and they're waiting. Just wait for it. Wait for it. Clear. It's not going to happen. Ha ha. Life goes on. That's quite good. And then everyone leaves. They're like, <laughs> no, we're not waiting around here anymore. You believe me, don't you, Lisa? Dad. I never believed you. Not for one second. <laughs> what you paying attention? It's very, very nice that she sounded so loving saying that. Though. Yes. Nice bit of voice yeah, yeah. work. 
Nostradamus. Did the rapture come? I can't recall. Oh, in fact, I can recall, and it didn't, and you suck. Hey, fat wad, here's another thing you didn't predict. Ow, 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 ow. Oh, let's go to Moe's. We'll walk and punch. Ow, 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 ow. Huh? Moe! What happened to your eponymous tavern? Yeah, funny thing that. Um, you said the end was coming, so I sold the bar to some Japanese businessmen and gave the money to charity. Now them orphans got new skip ropes, and I end every day smelling like eel. Cats are all over me. Thank you, though. You did me a solid. Hey, there's that jerk who tried to save us. Nice rapture, Einstein. <laughs> Mo. All these faults actually did a good thing here. Sold the bar and gave the money to orphans. <laughs> like, what do you say now? The now the orphans have got new skip ropes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, but it feels out of character that he did that. I thought he, he surely would have spent it on himself getting hookers or something. I think he, he's um, he's pulling a Homer in that. Uh, if this thing's actually real, I'd better pull at least one sizable yeah. good deed, you know, before I before it all happens, so I can you know go upstairs. Basically, it's basically the plot of the Keanu Reeves movie Constantine. <laughs> Do you know I've never seen Constantine? <gasps> I've been told it's really good. I've just never watched yeah. it. Yeah, one of my faves. Love Constantine. All right, cool. I'll check it out. I mean, I love Keanu Reeves, so I'll check it out. But um, but everyone starts throwing sushi at Homer. He's, he's eating it all. <laughs> I am a big fan of you of the tempura. Yeah, I'm broken. <laughs> also, I bet such a great psych gag was um, Mo lifting his arm and that catch just stuck to it. 10, 11, 12, 13, 12 apostles. But Jesus was at the Last Supper too. This changes everything. Multiply by seven. Don't forget to carry the six, six, six. Wake up! The rapture is coming in half an hour! There's no time to waste! March, grill a chicken! No, make sandwiches! And some kettle chips would be nice! Original, not barbecue! Aw, we got school tomorrow. Yeah, school. Hmm. Forget school. We have to get to the Mesa. We're not going anywhere except to bed. But my prediction says... You couldn't predict 6 o'clock at 5.30. Now, good night. So he goes to drive there by himself to the, back to the Mesa, and he's, he's annoyed on the way there. I went to Lisa's stupid play, which had serious pacing problems, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, Homer thinks that he's wrong again because the time passes over. He's like, oh, man, maybe I am an idiot. And all of a sudden, bang, he's on his way to heaven. He's naked. And he's, he's at the gates of heaven. He's waiting for, um, what was his name, Andre, to arrive. And then Andre. Andre says, we've got some clothes for you. Oh, no, I'm pretty good. <laughs> this is heaven for everyone. For everyone. <laughs> I, I can almost, I can see why Don Payne got, a, got an award for this because it's got some pretty good lines in it. I do, I do feel like, though, this episode needed some sort of emotional core, and like, and it, it needed a purpose for Homer going back to Earth. Like, I, I, that's what I was yeah. trying to ask you at the start. Like, it was meant to be that he he doesn't want to go to heaven without his family. He can't leave his family behind in in pain and things like that. But it just there was nothing happened beforehand to give that any substance. No, you're right. And uh, the more I think about it, the less I'm kind of coming up with solutions. <laughs> but anyway, so he's getting the tour around um, around heaven. The showroom, which is the callback you were mentioning earlier. Who's playing at the showroom? Oh, it's Los Lobos. <laughs> this is our nature walk. I've had the cure heart. 
our state-of-the-art showroom, tonight featuring Los Lobos. And over there is our water slide that's coming next year. It's going to be super fantastic. How come it's not open yet? <sighs> Look, just don't use leprechaun labor, okay? Don't do it. And the best part of heaven is anything you wish for, you get. Lickety split. Hmm. <laughs> okay, just for that, your room's next to the kiddie pool, all right, Mr. Smarty Head Exploder? So he then asks, like, what happened to my family? So they get open the, um, the heaven in-room menu, and the, um, the family are burning, not in hell, on earth, but it's just it's not, not a good place to be anymore, is there? It's Satan's hell on Satan's torturing earth. Marge. Yeah, it's hell on earth, and um, everyone's getting tormented. So he goes to see God. He wants to get this sorted out. God's basically just not going to listen to him at all. He's not going to help him. He's just like, no, nope, I've already started the rapture. Can't fix it. And he <laughs> points out Jesus. The visual of Jesus on the swing just looking, <laughs> just that blank stare. <laughs> He's broken. <laughs> it's just, I'm sure I've mentioned that that, um, that meme I really like from the, uh, uh, the 2010s or whatever. It's just some sad-looking kid, you know, slumped up against his school locker. He's like... I'm going to go home and listen to Linkin Park. <laughs> <laughs> Linkin Park. Remind me of. That was um that was a band I never I never got into Linkin Park. Just was never never my jam, Linkin Park. But uh you know, God says you won't help, so Homer says you made a powerful enemy and he goes around causing havoc all around heaven. And oh, screw you, Dino! You squandered your gift. <laughs> <laughs> squandered. I made sixty-eight really? albums. I made sixty-eight albums. <laughs> he then convinces uh, God Dino. to end the rapture because um, the, the way he convinces him by saying, oh, "He goes, I have to turn back time." Well, Superman did it. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> and then he asks Homer if he wants help with his alcoholism, and he's like, "No, nah, all good with that." So he sends him back, and he wakes up, and he thinks he's got wings on his back, but no, it's just a seagull that's stuck underneath him. The family then arrive to um to to, to see if he's okay. He's there, and he goes back to Moses. And Moses, well, I guess, so I guess it must have happened because. Or, or was the entire thing... What was supposed to be a dream? Which bit? Because if Moses now Moses again, then either oh, either yeah. it really happened or or the, the dream started before... Uh, well, when God <laughs> turned back time, he must have turned it all the way back to before... That's um, what I'm saying. So, so it, must have, it must have happened then. Like, he must have gone to heaven, is what I'm saying. Either, because that's the yeah. only explanation as to why Moses would be back to being Moses again. Divine intervention. There we go. Anyway... <laughs> Don't ask too many questions, but what I did like was the a last wi- a visual. A wizard did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A wizard did it. I did like the last visual of the Last Supper with the um, with the bar. I think that would make a, a cool like, picture to have on the wall. <laughs> I like it. Bad. Anyway, yes, yeah, so that is, thank God, it's Doomsday. An episode I'm honestly never going to go back and revisit ever, I don't think. There wasn't much to this one. This wasn't... The, I, I liked the opening Probably with the haircuts, but the whole religious, like the whole Doomsday thing, just whatever. About to say though, they did uh, open up the wallet because you actually got the real Baha men doing their uh, doing a riff on who let the dogs out, and Los Lobos, I believe, contributed a very nice sort of uh, uh, Mexican inflected uh, rock cover of the uh, Simpsons theme tune over the closing credits. That's nice it, work yeah. Los Lobos. So Baha men did the um, I think it's who wants a haircut or something along those lines yeah. when they were getting their haircuts and um, that's the second time they've been on the show because what was the last time they, what did they sing last time when they were on the, um, on the show oh I, I imagine some variation on who let the dogs out but I could be no, wrong. Oh, it was the episode where Marge gets the um, gets her implants and she lets her she lets the girls out but our men have probably got Simpsons on the on the on speed dials. Like, yeah. you need another variation of who let the dogs out <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty 
<laughs> you know, Elliot, he loves that song now, Who Let the Dogs Out. But if you're going to listen to Who Let the Dogs Out, don't listen to that crappy album version. Listen to like the dance remix that we got as a single when I was growing up here in Australia. It's like up-tempo and it's it's a tune. It's, it's good. It's, it gets you going. It's what you call a banger. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, Mr. Davis, what did you learn from this episode? Uh, <laughs> Dino did not, in fact, squander his gift. He regarded 68 albums, baby. He uh, sure did indeed. I learned that you should never throw out the hair trimmings because you never know when they may come in handy. Wish I'd known that. I'd have a nice uh, guy <laughs> wig right now. A little toupee? <laughs> Hell toupee. Did you ever consider wearing a toupee? Never. Hair replacement technology is coming along in leaps and bounds, apparently. I mean, I don't think I'm calling out my nephew, uh, my sister's eldest son, Gus. Shout out to Gus, who I don't believe listens to this show. <laughs> so this is why I'm doing it. Uh, but his hair's thinning. And uh, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to put aside, you know, a few thousand bucks and, you know, get some uh, get some plugs. I'm like, really? Goes, oh, yeah, you can get really good ones. I mean... Hey, listeners of Four Finger Discount know that uh, we do a show called Talking Seinfeld. And if you look at recent pictures of Jerry Seinfeld, he's he's had some really good plugs put in. He's got yeah. new hair. And, you know, it honestly God, it looks like that dude's got a nice head of hair. When, you know, he didn't have it before. That's store-bought. So, I don't know. I think if you've got the means, you can buy yourself a nice head of hair. Now... <laughs> Unless the patrons out there really want to up the um, up the patronage, I'm going to be sticking with this because you know I think I'd rather be bald than have um, than shitty plugs or a, or a, or a, a, a dopey looking hairpiece. There you go, listeners. If you want a guy to have hair again, become a patron. Just one dollar. If you ever listen out there, became a one dollar patron, you'd be set. <laughs> Just a single dollar, he do. Yeah, D- donate to guys' hair fund. <laughs> Oh my god! I think the lovely Louise would not not be happy with it. I think she's sort of looking. I don't know, don't know how you'd go with hair. Yeah. <laughs> me, me, meanwhile, I'm showing pictures of when I was going. No, I'd look like this. I was handsome as. She's like, wait. Oh. <laughs> That's Brad Pitt. Why are you showing me pictures of that? <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be. All right, it is time now for the Guy Davis New Name Championship. The current leaderboard stands at this in third position, D.L. Gorman on 17 points. In second position, Luke McKay on 18 points. And in first position, five points ahead of the pack, is Philip Hawkins. What have we got this week, Mr. Davis? All right, let's just go into the 3-2-1, shall we? Let's do it. Uno point for Rapture's Delight. Oh, I like it. A bit of hip. Up, that's far from Fergus Jeffs. Well done, Fergus. That puts you now on, I want to say, uh, you are now on eight points. Well done, Fergus. <laughs> if you can see Dando's face, he's doing, the ho- he's doing the Homer adding up face, like when yeah. he's trying to work out the <laughs> Carry rapture. Carry the six, six, six. <laughs> yeah. uh, two points, and look, they used this in the episode, but it's, it's, it's too good not to waste. Nostradamus. Uh, uh, like, yeah, can you use a toddler in the episode, though? It's kind of cheating. <laughs> is it? Uh, it's kind of a guy's bit. I know. Let's go with it. It is uh, two points. <laughs> going to Nora Coca. That's that's Nora's first points. Is for I oh know. Yeah, Nora's first points for the season. Wow, she's back. I, I swear, like last season, she was all over the shop. Now she's um yeah. So first two points. Well done, Nora. You're now in the uh, the wild card draw. Congratulations. Yeah, Nora. Uh, and three points go to because this combines a few of my favourite things. R.E.M. and the word don't. It's it's the end of the world as we don't it. 
Oh, well, that's just pretty much perfect, right? Oh, that was sent in by two people. Okay, so. All right, so it was sent in later by Nora Coker. So, unfortunately, Nora, you don't get the points for this one because you sent it in after. So, Nora steals the title from the episode and then steals someone else's title. Nora, what are you doing to us? <laughs> just joking. I think it was more a case of great minds thinking alike. Exactly. I was about to say, yes, great minds do think and alike. And if Nora Coker's got anything, and she's got everything, but if she's got anything, she's got a great mind. She certainly does, and that's uh, because she has a mind very similar to one Philip Hawkins, who now has the three points. Oh, oh my gosh. So I think- <laughs> now, I th- just a reminder, folks, the Guy Davis New Name Challenge is still a blind New Names Challenge. Yeah. I'm not looking at names here. I'm just looking at titles. No, he has no idea. So, yeah, he literally did not know this. So, Philip Hawkins, well done, <laughs> sir. Uh, that now puts you eight, he has no idea. eight points clear of the pack. I think the I think the can they, can they can't catch I think up. it's the it's, Philip J. It, Hawkins new name. There's only two episodes left. So Philip Philip Hawkins has won. That's it. That's all done. <laughs> Don't take this as an excuse to give up giving us new names, though. No, because <laughs> you still, know there's still wildcard stuff. Yeah, and there's still six more chances to get into the wildcard draw because there's two more episodes left to review this season, which means there's still two sets of one, two, three points. So let's see if you guys can get into the leaderboard. But congratulations, Philip Hawkins. You have the he's, he's Back to back. He won it last season. <laughs> the Hawk. Oh, well done, Philip J. Hawkins. Can't be beaten. So we're going to end this three-peat, listeners. Season 17, you're going to try and bring this man down. Bring him off his perch. But well done, <laughs> Philip Hawkins. Great work this season once again, and you deserve the title of the Guy Davis new name champion. All right. Enough about that, Mr. Davis. Let's get into some mailbag, shall we? Mailbag. Jamail. Jamail is here. Ooh. A question here from Jonathan Rossi. Have you ever read the Left Behind book series? It somehow took the book of Revelation and turned it into a 12-part series, plus the 13th for Revelation, plus a prequel Ooh. series and one about the kids. It's really not great writing, but at least it's entertaining, particularly if you have some knowledge of the last book of the Bible. I've never read them. <laughs> no, I n- never read them. <laughs> never read them, never... <laughs> Never read them, never seen the movies. But, you know, you mentioned Nicolas Cage earlier. Yeah, he was in one of the Left Behind movies. Because like, I think they made two of them. Okay. Yeah. No, was it recently? Like, Well, it, there was a stage where it's like, <laughs> I owe all this money to the tax office. I'll, yeah, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll appear in any movie that'll pay me my rate. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, Left Behind was one of them. I think that was, that was probably about 2015, 2016. We can look it up. Whilst you're doing that, I'll read the final question here. Uh, Cheryl Wisniewski. Were you ever so convinced of something that you argued with or corrected people who disagreed with you and then, oops, you realized you were wrong? I do this with Nicholas sometimes. It happened recently. I think it was on the, the, the Friends podcast we did. Yeah, there was a... And I blame Netflix because their subtitles were wrong, but I swear Ross said something and Nicholas said, no, he says this. And I was like, no, 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 no. And it turns out she was right, but Netflix's subtitles were wrong. So I blame Netflix. <laughs> I will not concede. <laughs> but, uh, but, but what about you? Have you ever been wrong about something that you were so certain you were right? If I did, I sort of blocked it out. No, I, I'm. Oh man, I'm always right, guys. <laughs> I've, no, I've been wrong about so much shit in my life. So, uh, what is it? We'll Damn, come back to it. We will come back to it eventually. But uh, the Left Behind movie was made in 2014, uh, starring Nicolas Cage and a bunch of other people. Uh, some of whom you may recognise, most of whom you won't, including uh, well, that little. The little person actor from the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. You remember the uh, the little person mm-hmm. pirate? Yeah, he's in it. Um, and also an actor named Han Soto. How about that? That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> That's not real. 
But uh, we'll do one more question just quickly because I feel like you might have a story here. Harrison McClure, as a barber, he's curious. Have you guys ever had any disastrous haircut stories? And also, Brendan Dando, how does Elliot go getting a haircut? Yeah, terribly. No good at all. Won't get his haircut. But yes, have you got a terrible haircut story, Mr. Davis? I don't know about terrible... Not a terrible haircut story. I just ended up with a terrible haircut that, you know, I... I, in my late teens, I went through a stage where it was like, and I think like a lot of late teens, it was like, I'm going to grow my hair out, man. I'm sick of being a square. Look at that hair. It looks like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, I kind of like neatness. So I'm like, oh, I don't want it to be, you know, flowing all the maids and stuff. So I got kind of a proto mullet. It was like, this will grow out fine. It's going to look good. You know what they say? There's only two days or so between a bad haircut and a good haircut. And I was like, this will be fine. It'll grow it a bit, but... Getting out of the barber's chair and realising, oh, I've got a little bit, you know, it's sort of flowing down the back a bit, but my ears are showing. Even in the even in the 80s, I was like, no, nah, this this ain't great. I'm, I'm going to have to tolerate this for a while. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is our review of Thank God It's Doomsday. The next episode of Four Finger Discount here on the feed, you'll be getting a review of a Millhouse divided with one Radio Mike, local radio extraordinaire, podcast extraordinaire here in Australia. He's going to be taking over our airwaves in the near future. He does producing for the podcast such as Will Anderson's podcast, Tofop, with Charlie Clawson. Uh, he does the uh, Hamish Nandy podcast and so many more. He's, he's on Fox FM as well. He's, um, he's worked at various radio stations, Radio Mike. He was the guy who Mitch and I went on to his radio show. He used to do a um, community radio show on Sin FM back in 2016, The Simpsons Show. He did with his buddy Tom, I believe. And uh, Mitch and I drove up to Melbourne and went on to that show six years ago now. So he's now returned the favour. He's coming to our show. Radio Mike will be with us next week to review A Millhouse Divided. And it was a great chat, wasn't it? You can hear it right now. If you want to hear it right now, you can hear it on our Patreon channel. Yeah, so I mean, I think uh, old Radio Mike slash Podcast Mike, I think he goes by both. They're yes. both his sort of Batman-style identities. Uh, is worth at least one dollar he do, uh, yeah. but maybe even more. So, yeah, no, it was a good chat. Mike, Mike's, Mike's good folks. Uh, he, he has his own show, 20th Century Boy, which I was uh, very generously invited to appear on. That is now live if you want to track that down. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you haven't had enough guy for the last <laughs> 60 minutes or so, maybe even longer because I've rabbited on a bit, uh, go check that out. But he, yeah, he's also going to be appearing on Four Finger Discount very, very soon, and it's well worth a listen. It is indeed. And the next episode after that, we will be reviewing the episode titled, here in Season 16, Home Away From Homer, which I, again, have no idea what it's about. We've entered the, the era, I don't know what it's about, but I'm excited to get, uh, sink my teeth into that one. So the next episode of Season 16 we are reviewing will be Home Away From Homer in two weeks. Next week, we're discussing A Millhouse Divided with Radio Mike. This has been Thank God It's Doomsday. Mr. Davis, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Nice podcast, Einstein. Shh.